So welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizard here, fear flying coach, 25 years now, and today joined by Captain Steve. And we're going to be talking about volcanic ash and engines and stuff like that. Welcome, Steve. Uh, so, back. yeah, no, it's good to see. It's good to see you again as well. Though yeah. this is a podcast, so they can't. I'm I'm going to describe you. So he's a <laughs> handsome fellow with a very attractive bearding. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll cut that bit out. Uh, so, so this came up as a the question that has come up is around volcanic yeah. ash and the effect it has upon engines and things like that. So I thought this is because there was the the recent. Was it Tenerife or the, those Canary Islands where some where one of the volcanoes? Yeah, it also reminded me of the scenario before when they shut all the, the airports down and stuff. So, may, should we be worried about volcanic ash? I guess is the question. Very good uh, topic to talk about. Um, the answer is no. You shouldn't be worried about it because we do have procedures in place, and this all began many years ago. Uh, like everything which you mentioned before. On your podcast, Paul, that the any event that's happened, uh, any untoward event or accident that's happened in aviation, it's never repeated for reasons that they dig deep and find out the reasons, and then obviously put in place mitigating things to to avoid them. Now, one of the famous uh, things, and it and everyone can Google it, and there's a fabulous documentary. It was happened to a British Airways crew years ago, a jumbo, an old classic jumbo, flying from. Singapore, I believe, back to London. or Anyway, subsequently, they flew, unbeknown to them at the time, through a volcanic cloud that had erupted. Was it in Indonesia, I believe? But anyway. Yeah, uh, Jakarta, Jakarta, I think, in my head. Yeah. yeah. A very infamous place for um, erupting volcanoes. Anyway, and it was the first of its kind recorded event. And, uh, yeah. Obviously, at the time, because they were the first crew, this was back in the 80s, they had no idea what was happening to the aeroplane. And it was at night time, so that's firstly the reason why they couldn't realise what they'd flown into. And all of a sudden, you know, we talk about uh, the million chances to one of it happening, and uh, the engines wound down all of a sudden. But what was weird about the whole thing, it wasn't just the engines running down, it started, the the aeroplane started to behave in a very... Um, very abnormal way and uh, all of a sudden the, like the cockpit was filling with this incredible smell which obviously was the sulfur smell of it etc etc et anyway mm. it's really worth while uh, documentary uh, anyway subsequently as they were descending obviously and chose an airfield um, to divert to which is normal for pilots you know the what ifs we're always planning on the what ifs they uh, did, uh, decided to divert and um yeah, and subsequently, obviously, the engines came back once it was out of the volcanic ash, back into normal thick oxygenated air. And um, yeah, and they they saw the damage that was done once they landed. And of course, that was the most incredible thing. It was the first thing they'd ever found uh, and what was wrong with the aeroplane. And subsequently, the, all the molten ash or, or lava, whatever's coming out of um, that erupting volcano is stuff that actually sticks to the blades of engines and uh, this was the first um, basically evidence that they had um, how mm. this would affect aviation so luckily from then onwards we had 
very, very good procedures put in place if we were to ever encounter uh, volcanic ash and the signs, etc. And we now have ways to deal with that. And at nighttime, daytime, it doesn't matter. So the next big event of the world was back in, um, forgive me, whenever it was, the big Icelandic uh, volcano that erupted, what, probably not quite a decade ago, but um, it's clear. Mm. And yes, it literally closed the whole corridor of the, um, the Atlantic Ocean. And, um, and because of all the, you know, uh, this time, the known whereabouts of it and how far it was extending, all the skies were, were closed down. And literally not because, you know, aeroplanes could have flown around it, but it would have been an extremely long diversion to go over right. to the state. Yeah. And so, so the best thing was just to close it and traffic so coming. It's just like, it sounds like it was like being ultra precautious. Absolutely. You oh, know, like um, aviation. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. Prevention so with the, with the original, you know, the, the BA one, yeah. were they able to restart the engines once they were out yeah. of the dust? Yeah, so yeah they, they were. And um, if they hadn't, if they hadn't been able to, what would they have done? Would they have... Well, they glided into the the place that they 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 uh, chose to divert to, yeah. uh, which is you know one of the things we cover in Love Fly courses. But um, yeah, they they actually did, and uh, in fact, I think it was maybe one or two. Not all the engines came back. I believe maybe just one at the time, one or two. But that's um, enough to, for it to fly it, on, isn't it? Absolutely, and. No, if, if, if anyone can Google that documentary, the, the captain was a very, he became a quite a famous pundit uh, after he retired, a guy called Ron Moody, uh, real, real lovely old, old fella. And, uh, and he tells, you know, exactly how it was and how relaxed. The documentary is brilliant because people are reenacting from the voice recorder how, you know, relaxed it was in those days. And, you know, a very old mechanical aeroplane, and, um, basically asking the engineer to <laughs> pass the manual of a <laughs> four engine failure, which they had never experienced it yeah. so um, yeah brilliantly we have procedures in place now and what is recognized as subsequent causes and, and thankfully for all the guinea pigs that have gone before us and um, you know yeah. it makes it a safer place to to be in so the main message seems to be that when it did happen and it wasn't expected four engined aircraft uh, mm. the engines then wound down mm. the, the the pilots carried on gliding once they got out of the volcanic ash, they were able to restart enough to be able to fly, but they were already en route to an air, a runway anyway. Yes. The, the, the incident, whenever it was a decade ago, with the Icelandic volcano, mm. it was like massive precaution just, just to shut everything down. Absolutely. And then and the reason for that is that this stuff sticks to the, the blades. The, the engine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, it just, you know, it just literally is forming itself, you know, like a rock, basically, onto yeah. the blade. Naturally, yeah. it's, it's, it's no good. It's going to throw the engines out. And also the eruption, I think, in Iceland was, um, I, I don't know the, the sizes of them, but I think it was way, way bigger mm. than the famous one in Jakarta. So, um, yeah, so yeah. just better. And then the recent one with Tenerife, mm. that was um, again, another scenario where it was just like safety first then, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. And with that one, I think it was quite, um, for what I understand, it was uh, more than the, more than the plume of uh, went into the air. I think it was mainly larvae, wasn't it, flowing down there. But that was very, very localised. So obviously um, aviation would have naturally been um, cancelled into and out of, of, I think it was Grand Canaria. So it, um, but now, of course, in all our um, pre-flight planning and stuff, uh, when we look at weather and etc now of course um, meteorologists 
because of what happened way back in the 80s. Mm. Um, we also also have forecasts for um, volcanic uh, activity around right. uh, the globe. Okay. Which is- so can you see it on your radars when it, it was the dust we, too fine? No, we can't see um, it on radar at all. It can just be forecast, which is mm. great. You'll know that you're flying into it. I mean, basically, just it, it's a far more uh, complex procedure, but one of the basic things... Um, because the BA aeroplane didn't know that, that what they were in, of course, they just carried on flying through it. Of course, instantly now when the recognising, you know, um, identifications that we have of any volcanic activity, we do an immediate 180 and we fly back out of it where there's these poor guys <laughs> flew through the whole length of... Oh, wow. Um, yeah. The, but they still, they're okay, you know, because of, exactly. of all the capacity or redundancy that's built into aircraft. Exactly. You know, there's always a what if, a what if, and then there's a backup plan, isn't there? So that's so, I think that's the main message that people should yeah. take from it by the same yeah. bit. Like everything, if we can avoid it, we will. And, uh, and that's Brilliant. the reason. Thank you, Steve. That's excellent. Short and well, sweet. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. <laughs> nice message. Thank you very much. And yeah, that's really helpful. And, and that's particularly because that's come up as a question in the Facebook group, which is Love Fly, Overcome, you know, Overcome Fear of Flying or Love Fly, Fear of Flying. If you search on those. And so if you ever have anything like that, then do fire away, stick it into the Facebook group because we will then do a podcast on it. Steve, thank you very much. Absolute pleasure, Paul. See you soon.